630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, there's a reason they are called safes. They help bail your team out and keep them in a game or keep the lead, and the Oilers do not get them tonight from seldom-used backup Jonas Gustafsson, who allows four goals on just 17 shots. The Ottawa Senators add an empty netter to win the game 5-3, a game thoroughly dominated by the Edmonton Oilers over the last two periods. They outshoot Ottawa 29-8 combined over the final 40 minutes but they have to settle for the loss, and they go 2-2 two and two on their four-game road trip. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It is 7.58, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on 6.30 Chet. Rob, it was a game in which I thought the Edmonton Oilers probably wound up with six, seven, maybe eight grade A scoring opportunities and probably that many more grade B scoring opportunities. Ottawa maybe had five or six A and B scoring opportunities combined and four of those go in. Yeah, it it was a game that was uh, mostly played in the Ottawa zone. Uh, The Oilers continue to pepper Condon uh, time and time again, getting pucks on net, tips, rebounds, driving from behind the net, throwing from bad angles. And Condon, he had the, they had the one slip up, and, and it, it always happens, but you also need to make big saves. And Gustafson had a slip up, had one or two that he probably wants back, but he never made the big save at any time. We saw in, in New Jersey, there were breakdowns, and there's always going to be breakdowns in games, but you need a goaltender to come up with a big save, and Talbot did that three or four times in New Jersey. He only had to make about four or five big saves there, but he made them and allowed the others to come back and win the hockey game. And tonight... It's not only how many you make, but when you make them. The Oilers down two. They had a sluggish first period. And we talked about it before the game. They were going to be tired. They didn't get in until two o'clock in the morning. They have to weather the storm in the first twenty. And they played. It was. It was. I don't think they got outplayed. It was probably an even first period. But they didn't get the saves. So they're trailing. They go in the second, and all of a sudden they start pushing forward, pushing forward, breaking through the neutral zone. They get the lead. And now is when you need the big save. They just get the lead. They don't even get to rest on that lead at all. And Ottawa comes down, and Stone, not a great shot, goes through Gustafson. A couple shifts later, again, uh, a pass out of the corner, gets deflected in. Not, a, not a, another one that goes through Gustafson. There was no big save at the right moment for the Oilers. And when you don't, when your goaltender gets outplayed, normally you lose the hockey game, no matter how else anything else goes in the game. And tonight, the Oilers' goaltending got outplayed, and because of that, they come home with no points. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot of nights this year about Cam Talbot being as good or a little bit better than the other goaltender, and you're right. I mean, Condon let in a goal from behind the net. Mm -hmm. If we're in Edmonton, we're seeing brilliant play by Leon. In Ottawa, they're saying, how do you let that in? And and then he comes back, and and he shuts the door. And I mean, I write down highlights throughout the game. All I have written down in the third period until Turris scored is Everly breakaway, Leon cutting in, Leon a between-the-legs pass to McDavid, Maroon 
in front on a pass from Dreisaitl. Two chances. McDavid comes out in front with six minutes left. Sekra makes a, makes a cute pass to Latestu with just under five minutes left. Benning goes cross ice to Dreisaitl with four. I mean, I mean it, 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 it was chance after chance. Some of those the Oilers didn't get the the best shot off. Um, that, that they wanted, but but you know they they applied the pressure in the third period. They did everything they needed to do, but you were playing uphill. Yeah, you were chasing, and the thing is, we we've seen the others time and time again have to chase going into the third. Every game they're they're either tied or within one, and they've come back in the third period. So even tonight, you thought, okay, they're going to get that break. One of these is going to go in. You know, Eberle and Puglia both have wide open breakaways tonight. Neither are able to get the puck on net. Uh, Cassian comes in. He has a great opportunity. Then the, the McDavid line, you know, oodles of, of opportunities to score goals tonight. Condon was good. I mean, the, the the Oilers have got two losses this year against the Ottawa Senators in two games that they vastly outplayed them and lost because the Ottawa Senators' goaltending was better. Now, the first game, Talbot was excellent as well, but he Anderson was a little bit better tonight. Condon was quite a bit better than Gustafson. And it's it, the tough part right now is Gustafson now has had a few tough nights in a row for him. What do you do going forward? You cannot play yeah. Talbot every game. You can't. You, you need, he needs rest. We've seen that when he, he plays too much, he, he tires a bit. You give him a rest. Now he comes back and he's strong in. He needs to be uh, given that opportunity to get the night off. But you also, the Oilers are not stretched out where they've got a 15 or 18 point lead that they can afford not to get two points. So they got to find, either Gustafson's got to figure out his game or they got to figure something out because they cannot afford to put a goaltender in that they don't have the confidence in to win the games for them. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. I I mean, there's not a goalie really out there that you're going to go sign right now. Nope. And I know people might ask, well, Halak was on waivers, Kadobin was on waivers. I, I don't know if you're going to, especially a guy that makes a little more like Halak, I don't know if you're going to put in that claim, if you could trade and dump a salary for a guy like that. But again, I don't know if the other team is going to is going to do that. And Bressois is... And they're not going to call Bress- And Bressois hasn't been great recently in the minors, and I still don't think they want to call him up to sit on the bench. No. Like, they don't want to call him up for the six-game homestand. And you know, and then they play a road game. You're not going to come up and say, "Hey, kids, you're going to play one game in the next two weeks when you could play five in the minors." You, you know what I've seen, and, and it happened in Pittsburgh when I was there. We had uh, a goaltender. I can't, I can't remember the kid's name, but we had a, a veteran goaltender that was the backup, and he would back up, back up, back up. But when it was time to give our starter a rest, they flip flopped. They brought the kid up from the minors. He played the game. And then went back down to the minors. So there's an option. But I don't like that no. myself personally. Well, like that's. Th- the tr- travel and it, well, yeah, but it, it's still you can make it work travel wise. You can start figuring out where is the best yeah, travel for enough. the. But that is an option where he's t- continuing to play in the minors, and then when you need a break up here, when Talbot needs a break, he comes up, plays that game, then goes back down. So now you're not, um, you know, stopping his uh, growth as a goaltender by having him sit over and over and over again. I mean, it's not a lot of fun if you're Gustafson at that point. But the reason that you would do it is you're not happy with what Gustafson has brought. So 5-3 Ottawa wins. The Oilers did have a 38-18 advantage in shots. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. We're looking for someone to finish the play tonight as well. We'll start off the phone calls with Clarence. Hi, Clarence. Hi, how you doing, Reid? Good. Right, very depressing loss for the Oilers because I think they played well, but that goalie, I don't know where they get him from. 
Well, yeah, he's he's a he's been mostly a backup in his career, Clarence. Uh, yeah, but I, he's I not making that. That's the easy saves he met, let in tonight. Yeah, I mean, like Rob and I were were saying, it, I mean, some I think Ottawa's power play goal, great setup, one timer, two of the other three. You know, it kind of went right through him. You, 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 or yeah. three of the other three kind of went right through him. Right you need two him. of those stopped. This, I mean, I don't want to what if it to death, but this three goals should have been enough for the Oilers to win this exactly. game. Maybe three, and also, two, right? I want to give uh, kudos to uh, uh, Benning. He's playing very well for a young kid. You like the fight, eh? Oh, I like it. He beat that guy up pretty good. <laughs> well, I, I texted uh, Matthew's father tonight, and I said that this week that uh, Matthew had a Gordie Howe week. He had an assist in Boston, a goal uh, last night, and then tonight he gets uh, a fight. So he had a Gordie Howe week. Very but, good. But he's a very good player. You know, he keeps his head up all the time. Yeah, he's always passing the puck out of his own end. Very good. Smart player, learning by fire, but has, has learned very quickly. And you always love any player that stands up for his teammates. And we've seen over the last couple of years young players do that. The, the best example in the past is a Darnell Nurse who has stood up for his teammates as well. So it's always, exactly. you don't always want to have to wait for a Lucic or a Maroon or a Hendricks to come do it for you. Everybody yeah. has to be tough for a team to be tough, and it was very good yeah, on right. Benning tonight. Why don't you bring Brassois and give him a chance to play? Maybe he's not playing too good. Uh, maybe he play better for Oilers. Well, it, it's hard to bring a, a guy up that's struggling. It doesn't send a good message. I, but they, but they've, I, I'm sure there's a lot of talk right now between Peter Shirelli and the coaching staff on what to do going forward because they need uh, their backup goaltender to give them quality starts. Right. And I'm not sure that as of late those have been as good a quality as they had hoped. Yeah, I mean, the last time Gustafson played was exactly a month ago and the Oilers lost 6-5 in Philadelphia. And again, Philadelphia yeah, a good team. Many but easy goals you know, you make a good save once in a while, but you got to make the big save once in a while too. Well, and the, the thing is, Clarence, and you know, neither Rob nor I are goaltending experts, but one thing we notice is Talbot is always set, and he swallows the puck. Right. Gustafson always seems to be drifting a little bit. Exactly right. Yeah. Thanks well, for calling, man. I want to say, and I thought they played very well, but they depressing loss. Yeah, thanks for calling, buddy. Yeah, I think fans feeling maybe a couple points or at least one slipped away tonight. Before we continue with the phone calls, let's go right back to the Canadian Tire Centre, and here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Done more to kind of get the result. Well, four is too many, and you don't win in this league giving up four. Um... Yeah, I didn't think we played that poorly. So, um, you know, mixed emotions, got to review the game a little bit. Um, uh, again, I didn't think we gave up a lot, but we gave up enough to lose the game. And some of our opportunities that we had, um, their goaltender played extremely well. And uh, we got to find a way to put those in. But, uh, you know, if we're trusting our and relying on our offense to get us five or six a night, that's going to be a tough task. Was Gustafson the victim, or did should he made a couple of those? That, uh, uh, we, we win as a team, we lose as a team. That's how it is. Patrick Maroon, we keep talking about him, but he keeps scoring goals. How has he evolved in the last little bit for you guys? I think he's been that way since he's got to us. Um, he's getting a little more confident, holds on to pucks, and he's got a knack for knowing when to release the puck at the net. And, um, he is prepared to shoot it as well. Like It's amazing what happens when it goes at or towards the goaltender you never know and uh patty's prepared to do that i think we still have some guys that are are uh, trying to make too many cute plays if you will 
and uh, don't get rewarded quite as often, but uh, good for him. Didn't really work out tonight, but what's it like for you as a coach watching that top line uh, consistently put up pressure late in the game, down by one goal, and, and doing their best to tie it up? Well, the team. Um, you know, We can talk about the top line, but I thought when we went to three, all three lines were doing that. Um, quite reminiscent of the game last night in uh, in Jersey. I thought we had complete control of the puck a lot of times in their zone. We created uh, offensive chances. We got it back. When we had to hold on and wait for help, we were prepared to do that. And uh, it's not just Connor's line. That was, uh, you know, three or four lines tonight. So that part of the game was fine. Um, you know, the defensive part gave up a little too much. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They lose 5-3 in Ottawa. The Oilers have to get to five for us to turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown south side and north side. Rob, uh, Rob, what did you think of that? Todd McClellan asked about Gustafson play, and he said, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Well, I, I don't think he was ecstatic with the way that Jonas played. Um, I mean, you, we all saw it. It wasn't a, a strong game for him. And, it, and he's not in an easy situation, sitting out a month and coming back in and playing a hockey game. It wouldn't be easy to do, but it is the life of a backup goaltender. Uh, he, the more or less between the lines, is saying, well, yeah, he's got to make a couple saves. But he didn't throw him under the bus. I mean, you can't, you can't throw your backup goalie under the bus right now. It, it, it serves you no good. Uh, I, Jonas knows he should have been better. The players knows he probably should have been better. The coaching staff does. Uh, throwing him out under the bus and then saying, all right, you're not playing for another month. Now he's got a month to sit on the fact that his coach isn't happy. So I think you work with him. You get the goaltender, Dustin Schwartz, goaltender coach, Dustin Schwartz, to work with him and try to make him better so that when he gets in, his next opportunity is better than it was tonight. It'll be interesting to see how the Oilers handle the goaltending situation moving forward. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And I, I, there will obviously be an adjustment in the backup goalie position, I think, whether it's this year. Might, might not be till next, quite frankly. And I know fans probably don't want to hear that. But well, the I, reality, I mean, there's a lot of guys floating around there who are between the 45th and 75th best goalie in pro hockey, right? Yeah, I mean, is there something out there that's better? I mean, if there was, they probably would have found it earlier and would have brought it in, but... Well, he was the fifth goalie signed on July 1st, and I mean, two guys that I liked, Chad Johnson went to Calgary. And He's been very good. Season. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've always thought Carter, and I, we have uh, Mike in Kentucky that listens to us, Rob, and he said... He said, I like Carter Hutton with Nashville, and he's been pretty good when he has played mm -hmm. for St. Louis. we got Chris from Phoenix calling in tonight. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, uh, since, you know, we have a, a great person in our organization who likes to make uh, gift baskets. He used to send them to players to try to lure them to Edmonton. Uh, can he uh, make a gift basket and send it to Anaheim and say thank you for uh, throwing away uh, Patrick Maroon? I mean, if you look back at that trade, was it Martin Gurr? Who was it? Gerbit? Mid-round pick. Yeah. For, for, for a guy who's on our first line that's got 16 goals. I mean, what a trade that was. Uh, unbelievable trade. We we all thought it was a, a good trade for us when the trade was made because it, we were getting a player that was going to play for a player that was never going to play here. But I don't know. I don't know if we realized how good Maroon could be. And I start, we're, we're starting to see that right now. So what an incredible trade this has turned out to be for the Edmonton Oilers. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, that that trade was going to be even even better had uh, Pouliot not been injured. I think there was a rumor out there that it was Maroon, 
and Votnin for uh, Pouliot and uh, who, who else? Uh, Nail, but that could be just a rumor. Um, the other thing, uh, McDavid is McDavid. Like I, I, he makes everybody better. But Drysital, holy cow, this kid! Like, how good is this kid going to be? We know we know McDavid is a a generational talent and a generational player, but. Is it is it at all possible for Drysaitel to turn into one of these generational players? He's just been he's been fantastic ever ever since he got sent down last year, and he came back up. He's been on a tear. He, and, he's uh, he's been excellent. And the, the the great thing about him is he thinks the same as Connor, but he plays different. And there was a couple plays that he made tonight because of his size and his ability to fend off checkers, he, may, he, take, he can take an extra second or two to wait for the right play to come to make the pass. He made one where he had his back to the, the, to the middle of the ice. He waited for Maroon to get in the right spot before he passed it, and he absorbed his huge cross-check because he had to wait for Maroon to get there. But he's so big and strong, he absorbed the check, puts it right on Maroon's stick for a one-timer. Later in the period, the Maroon puts the puck down to him. He puts his stick between his legs because that's the way the puck came in, and snaps a pass in front of the net to McDavid, stick to stick for a one-timer there. He, he, he's, he's got the size and the strength that complements the speed and the grace of McDavid. And over the last three games, they have been incredible, like unstoppable, other than the fact that they're getting no puck luck. I mean, even having said that, they've probably got well, seven goals. Yeah, they got seven goals in those three games. But they, you can't contain them because they can beat you so many different ways, and Maroon is just the perfect complement to the two skilled players. And uh, as, as far as uh, the backup goaltending, if, if, uh, I don't want to harp on it or, or bag on, the, on him, but if that's our biggest concern, you know, to me I'm fine with that. It'll get corrected. Uh, other than that... Uh, this team still, we can't complain. This team is, is way ahead of where we thought it was going to be this year. So I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait till the next game. Let's go Oilers and great show. Chris, always good to hear from you, man. You can get us at 780-496-0063. If you like winning stuff. Who doesn't? We're looking for a contestant for Finish the Play. We were talking about Leon Dreisaitl. You will hear from him when we get back. A lot of Oilers played well tonight, but they don't get the win. 5-3 Ottawa takes it. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He'll survey and then inexplicably toss it up the right-hand side. That's I'm not nice. sure why that wasn't icing. Senators will find it. They'll roll it in front. It's loose. Rear shot. And what a save made by Gustafson on Bobby Ryan. Early stop tonight. Jonas Gustafson, save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Unfortunately, not nearly enough stops for Gustafson tonight. He's beaten four times on 17 shots. The Senators add an empty netter and beat the Oilers 5-3. Patrick Maroon scored twice for the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl had the other one. The three stars, Mark Stone, number one, Patrick Maroon, number two, Zach Smith, number three. Our fourth star of the game is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. And our four stars we agree on is Connor McDavid, who had an excellent game, two assists plus two, easily could have had five or six points tonight. He and his line mates were outstanding, especially in the third period as they tried to tie this one up. So Connor McDavid was the four star. The Oilers now 21, 14, and 7. 
on the season. All right, we have Mark, 780-496-0063. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing all right. Good. A uh, couple of uh, things I want to ask you guys about the backup goaltending thing. So you had mentioned uh, Gus's last start was Philly. says <clears throat> 10 goals, and he's given up in his last two starts. So I figure... Um, like, why not bring Ellis up from what I've read? He's passed Busan or having a better year so far. Give him a chance. It can't be any worse numbers than that, right? And the second thing being is that it, it's like people are already writing, like, go make a trade for a guy. Historically, all these teams wait until the trade deadline, right, to do a deal. And I don't think he can wait that long. That's just about just under two months away. And you, like Rob was saying earlier, you can't play Talbot all the time. And I don't think he can wait that long until the deadline to get another guy. Well, a good playoff position now. I, I guess it all depends what's out there, what's available, and again, and we are still talking about a guy that's only playing once a month, so it's it's yeah. not as though we're, we're talking to it's a, an everyday player. Uh, there are options; they have guys in the minors they can bring up uh, periodically if they need to spell Talbot that way. Uh, they they may look to see who's available, what it would cost to get someone. They might wait. I mean, to the deadline trade deadlines, what two months from now? January and February, so I mean that's only might only be two more starts for Gustafson in that amount of time. So it's not as though I think the way he has played his last two starts is making it very easy for McClellan and the coaching staff to play Talbot more instead of saying, okay, we you know what, let's give him a longer rest, let's give him you know we're only going to play him five out of seven. Now it's okay, we're going to play him six or seven out of seven. So it's making the decision easier for the coaching staff. They do need an upgrade on their back end in net, but it, once again, it is just a back back up goaltender. The only way a backup goaltender becomes a big problem is when your starter gets hurt. Then you will see the well, Oilers. If that ever happened, right? you would. If that ever happened, then the Oilers and, would make a trade and they would try to find something to yeah, help them get the, through. And even the thing is to make him like between now and trade line to get a backup because I, I, I think they're in playoff position. Everybody's thinking or hoping or assuming they're going to make the playoffs. There's no way they could go in the playoffs with Gustafson as a backup. You just couldn't do it. Well, like, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens went in with Andre Rascal. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you just hope I mean, he doesn't play a lot. If something would happen like it did in 06 with Rollison, yeah. what would you do? Yeah, like, fair you, point. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Fish. Okay, thanks, Mark. Good to hear from you. Dean's yeah. going to finish the play next, but first we want to go back to Ottawa. Leon Dreisaitl had a goal tonight. Here he is. If yesterday only you didn't win. I mean, it's yeah, um, yeah. I think you said it right. I think we uh, we didn't start off where we did, and um, you know those two goals. Uh, now looking back to it, uh, you know, kind of kind of hurt us a little bit, and um, you know we couldn't really get through the neutral zone very good uh, in the first uh, first period. Um, I think after that we we had it figured out, and then we played a played a pretty solid game uh, I think especially in the third we, we should have scored uh, uh, at least at least one or two goals uh, in my mind so uh, it's too bad it's frustrating but uh, we have to make sure we bounce back the cameras caught a little interesting um, reaction to your goal from you did you expect that one to go in no I didn't I just threw it on net I was hoping it's kind of a whole play but I mean it worked out well so I'll, I'll take that uh, Maroon's he's going crazy. What's he? What's he like to, to play on the line with? He seems to be like he's got great hands for a big guy, and he's plays. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. You said it. You said it perfect. He's a big guy. Goes to the net. Um, makes plays. Um, 
Pete's good at protecting the puck. Uh, you know, I think every every line he's on, the uh, it seems like that line has, has a lot of ozone time, and then he's good at making plays, finding plays, and um, you know, I think he, this year he he took another step. Uh, you know, physically as well. I think he, you know, he can skate uh, skate way better, way way more and way longer. So, um, you know, he's very 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 fun play to play. Well, no doubt it's fun to play with Patrick Maroon right now. He has five goals in his last three games. Hat trick in Boston. Didn't get one last night. Two tonight, 64 seconds apart. That tied the game for the Oilers at the time. Dreisaitl gave them the lead, but then Ottawa got uh, two in the last seven minutes of the second period. An empty netter in the third. 5-3 Ottawa is your Final and the, and I, mean, I know you love Dreisaitl and McDavid, Rob, and I think a lot of fans do. The beauty of Leon is is if something happens or you maybe need an in-game kickstart or you need a, another somebody to fill in at center. I mean, Dreisaitl's naturally a center. You just pop him in there and away he goes with his new line mates. I had a junior coach named Bill LaForge who, when I played for him, he said, I'm going to have you play every position because it'll help you down the line. If you can play anywhere, they'll always have a use for you. And I think that Leon Dreisaitl, you're seeing just the... When a guy can bump from center to wing or wherever you want to put him, it gives you so many options as a coach. It's a luxury to have. And when you're as good as you are at all those positions, well, now it's an even better, bigger luxury for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, he can carry a line by himself, and he can complement a line with Connor McDavid. He's been excellent. And, and to me, you want the Nugent-Hopkins line to get going because you do not want to have any reason to split up dry settle McDavid so it's hopeful that Nugent Hopkins can somehow kickstart the rest of the season for himself probably with uh, Lucic and Eberle next game I would expect and then you continue to put dry settle out there with McDavid because uh, what we've seen in the last few games with Maroon on that wing they are uh, as good as any line in the National Hockey League and they can win hockey games by themselves. Time to finish the play. Dean is going to try to qualify for the grand prize draw. $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. What do we have here, Kellen? Oilers buzzing for the equalizer right here. McDavid, wrist shot into a crowd deflected off the shoulder. All right, goal or no goal, Dean? No, I was, I was clinching on this one. No goal there, boys. Oilers buzzing for the equalizer right here. McDavid, wrist shot, into a crowd deflected, off the shoulder, and somehow it stays out. Hacked back to the point, cleft bomb, a shot blocked, and the All Senators right, there come you, up Did you it. watch the game, Dean? Uh, parts of it. Did you see that Very chance serious. there at the end? Because Condon just kind of lifted his hand up, and I think oh kept it out by God. accident. That was a joke. Condon didn't know where that was, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks for the prize there, guys. Yeah, right on. Good stuff. All right, that's Dean, 780-496-0063. If you're on hold, stay there. We just got to do a quick news and weather update because we haven't had one for a while. The Oilers come up short tonight, 5-3. Ottawa beats them to sweep the season series. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. You're still going to hear from Patrick Maroon as well as we move along. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ottawa gets the first two, the Oilers get the next three, Ottawa gets the last three, 5-3, the Senators take it, the Oilers go 2-2 two and two on their four-game road trip. They'll start a six-game homestand 
on Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks. That should be a fun one. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The three goals for the Oilers mean a $75 donation courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. That goes to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can reach us, 780-496-0063, and we go to Jordan on the line. Hello, Jordan. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well. Hey, I'm just a few minutes away from a rec hockey puck drop at the old barn. I had uh, just a few <laughs> questions about the uh, quick hits on the third line, so-called. I guess just moving through them, uh, if you could respond each comment and then uh, give your feedback on how they played tonight because I didn't catch the whole game. But um, out when I did see a couple of his shifts, seemed like he was making good aggressive decisions and making plays happen with Kajula and Eberle. And I wonder, is he maybe realizing that he wants to be on a contender and not get picked by Las Vegas or traded away? Uh, Kajula, is he doing enough to stay up here? And can Eberle really be a $6 million middle six player in the long run? Well, we'll start with Pouliot. This was Pouliot's best game of the year, I think. Uh, he was engaged. Uh, he was aggressive but smart. He had scoring chances. He was good on the forecheck. Uh, he's not getting picked up by Vegas or, or getting picked up on waivers, and I think it's a hard time moving him because of his contract. But right now the only thing the coach holds over him is ice time, and I think he's with the lack of ice time he's got, moving down to the third line, Pouliot maybe is realizing he has to play that way in every given night, and he should realize that. So hopefully this is a step forward for him. Kajula, I mean, he, he is up and down. He's a young kid still learning the game. There are no better options than him right now. Uh, I, I, I think he's adequate most nights. Some nights he shows flashes, and other nights he's kind of invisible. And Jordan Eberle, you don't want a $6 million player on your third line not contributing. I think he'll be on your second line next game. They need Nugent Hopkins. They need Eberle to be what they were supposed to be. I think it's still in both of them, but they have to be better than they've been through the first half of the season. They are capable of doing that, and if they get to where they have been in the past, then all of a sudden the Edmonton Oilers are a very good hockey club. Awesome. And uh, Rob, just following up, any uh, tips for on-ice warm-up before you start again? <laughs> for, for, my my warm-up in beer league was always two beers and one shot of tequila, and then you're feeling good by the time you get out there. Perfect. Duly noted. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Good luck tonight, Jordan. Thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 5-3. Chicago getting a 5-2 win over the Predators as we check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. The Blue Jackets back in the win column, 2-1 in overtime over the Flyers. Are you saying the Flyers tied that one, what, 17 seconds left? Yeah, right near the end of the overtime. game. So Columbus had a good game going, and they, they got a point, and they stemmed their two-game losing streak after their 16-game win streak. The Penguins roll over the struggling Lightning 6-2. The Hurricanes beat Boston 4-3 in overtime. The Wild lead the Ducks 2-1 with four minutes left. So for Pacific Division reasons, the Oilers want that result to stand. The Oil Kings beaten 5-2 by the Medicine Hat Tigers. NFL playoffs, Green Bay behind early to the Giants. They got a Hail Mary on the last play of the First half to go up 14-6, and the Packers win 38-13. They spanked them. It was no, never in doubt for they my really, pack. They really pulled away, and Pittsburgh uh, in control throughout pretty much 30-12 to over Miami. Well, they led 14-0 eight minutes in. So, so yeah, <laughs> the teams that were supposed to win won today. All, all, all yep. home teams won, right? Yep, so it's setting up for uh, another great weekend of football next weekend. That was tough for Oakland. I mean, i got to think they beat Houston if cars didn't get hurt. Well, I mean, for where they've come from to where they were this year, and, and they got everything going for them, it shows you, though, what? 
a devastating injury to the wrong person can change the complexion of an entire season. 780-496-0063. We have Sir Taj on the line. Hey, thanks for calling. Hello, sir. Hello. Hi, Mr. Brown. Hey, buddy. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Very good. Uh, so I had two things and uh, one question. Well, um, Rob, I mean, uh, so Maroon is doing it. He's just on fire. Five goals in three games, and he's on the team lead for 16 goals, and I don't know how many points he has, like 35. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's a little less than that in in points, but he has got the team leading goals. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I know Connor McDavid has 48 in points. I'm pretty sure. Yep, that's right. You're good yeah. with your stats, um, buddy. <laughs> thanks. And uh, this, well, Maroon's just getting hat tricks, uh, pairs, all all throughout. Like he's on fire in, in away stats. Um, but Maroon's pretty good away from home. Yeah, he is. It, it, one of the reasons the Oilers are doing so well this year is they're much better on the road, and guys like Patty Maroon have been leading the charge. And um, my second thing uh, was it was about the Columbus game. Have you ever seen an own goal which was assisted by your own player and scored by your own player? It was assisted by Chris Russell, and it was scored by um, Andre Sakaro. Oh, yeah, on the one that deflected twice and into the net. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, we've seen some funny goals this year, haven't we? We saw the Patrick Lyonet one. You, I think you brought up the Patrick Kane one a couple of years ago. There's been some yeah. silly goals in the NHL over the years. And uh, my third thing was actually, well, okay, it was kind of a question. Were you known as Robbie Brown in the NHL? Uh, I was. The only place I've ever been called Robbie Brown is by my mom and by the Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Everywhere else I've been robbed, but yeah, I was Robbie when I played in the NHL. There you go. Thanks a lot for calling. It is 8.39. The Oilers come up short 5-3 to the Ottawa Senators. They beat New Jersey 2-1 in overtime last night. The Oilers out shooting their opponents this weekend 81-38, but they have to settle for a record of 1-1. Mike, up next on the phone line, you'll also hear from Patrick Maroon. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 842 the Oilers finished their four-game road trip with a loss, 5-3 to the Ottawa Senators. Maroon scored twice. He has 16 on the season. Dreisaitl got his 15th, two assists for McDavid. He's up to 48 points on the season. Lander, Larson, and Sekra also get helpers. Lander with an assist for the second straight game. Not a great first period for the Oilers. They completely dominated the final two periods, outshooting Ottawa 29 Eight, but Ottawa responded, beat Jonas Gustafsson in the uh, latter part of the second period twice to regain their lead, and then the Oilers with tons of pressure in the third, but they could not pull even. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Mike on the line. Good evening, Mike. Hey, Reed. Hello. So when you're down by a goal at the end of a game, the traditional course of action is to yank your goalie. When the Oilers have that much pressure going on, do you guys agree with yanking the goalie and giving Ottawa an easy out, or do you keep him in and, and keep pushing? No, you, you pull your goalie. I mean, they, they had all that pressure the entire third period and never got the goal. You, you, you right. give yourself a better chance by having an extra player out there. Now, a Gary Galley, who did the game, made a really good point that they maybe the Oilers should have delayed it a little bit till they had control of the puck 
in the offensive zone because when the goalie was coming out, Ottawa had the puck and they had an easy access out. The Oilers were in a line change. So all yeah, of a sudden, was caught there. yeah. So yeah. I mean, that that is that's a, an example of maybe a better line change or a better pulling of the goaltender. But you do have to pull your goalie in that situation. Mike, oh, ironically okay. enough, of all the of all the Oilers shoot-ins in the third period, that was the only time they didn't recover the puck. <laughs> right, and Fair it enough. Yeah. comes back. But I, I I I agree with Rob. I think you had to pull him. You can debate the exact timing of that one. Could he have waited another 20, 30 seconds or for a face-off? Maybe, but I think you had to take him out. Cool. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Patrick Maroon, two goals tonight. Let's go back to Ottawa and hear from the big rig. At that right now, I gotta, you know, I'm playing with really uh, good line mates, Leon and Connor. Without those guys, I don't think some of those goals go in. Uh, you know, they're a heck of a player, so... Like I said before, hats off for those guys in my linemates. But, you know, I just got to keep playing hard and, you know, playing playing my game, which is being physical, going to the net, getting the dirty goals, uh, being, you know, just protecting pucks and cycling, make, creating space for those guys. And hopefully, you know, this thing could keep running and the good things keep happening. Is this what you kind of expected that you could be, the kind of player that you thought? Yeah, I think, you know, like I told someone before, I did it in the minors, you know, I, I scored in the minors, you know, a lot, but uh, who knows, you know, like it's totally different up here. It's all about confidence up here. It's all about giving an opportunity and you riding with it and playing with good linemates and playing, you know, quality minutes to to get those chances and, and score 20 goals and get 40 points. So, you know, right now it's, you know, I just got to keep working hard and, you know, with my linemates and to keep doing everything right uh, and I hopefully... Good things keep happening. That's you're right. That's sort of that's premium ice. If you want to play on McDavid's line, you gotta you gotta get it going. You gotta deliver to yeah, stay there, right? Absolutely, you gotta deliver. When those passes come in, uh, you have to deliver and you have to score in those opportunities because before you know it, you can be back down to. But you know what? We have so many good centermen. We had this talk before. You know, whoever I'm playing with, you know, I, I want to do the same thing. I want to play the same way. So, you know, obviously when Connor and Leon put those on your stick, like in the third period, I had that opportunity in the slot, but. You know, it's got to keep playing hard and, you know, keep building chemistry with those two. All right, that's Patrick Maroon. Oilers come up short tonight, however, 5-3 in Ottawa. We're going to take a quick timeout. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening tonight. The final, Ottawa 5, Edmonton 3. Another final just in the wild over the Ducks. 2-1, top 3 in the Pacific Division. San Jose, 50 points in 40 games. Anaheim, 50 points in 41 games. Edmonton, 49 points in 42 games. The Oilers will host the Sharks on Tuesday. Anaheim will play Dallas on Tuesday, Calgary lurking with 43 points, and they play against Edmonton the next two Saturdays. This is going to be fun. It is. It's something that we haven't experienced here in over a decade. But we, we have a new team, new coaching staff that has finally got this team buying into the system that he brought in last year. A uh, new GM that has brought in a number of players that he feels can make this team competitive uh, each and every night, and we've seen that over and over, and a team that believes in themselves. So even games that they're losing, like they lost tonight, 
it was a game that they should have won by the way they played. So it's exciting, and I, I'm sure the house is going to be loud on Tuesday when San Jose comes with a chance for the Oilers to move into first place in the division. And the two games against Calgary will mean something. We do, I mean, depending on how the week goes, Calgary could be uh, ahead of the Oilers by a point. Uh, if it doesn't go well for Calgary, it could be a chance for the Oilers to really create some separation. So, And how long has it been since the, yeah, been, an Oilers-Flames I mean, game has meant something? When, I mean, both teams have not been good, mostly in recent years. Calgary has had a couple of better seasons, mm-hmm. so it's either been the two teams fighting for 25th spot or Calgary needing the two points in Edmonton way out of it. I had a listener last year call it the pillow fight of Alberta. <laughs> Hopefully it's at least somewhat of a, uh, a meaningful battle. Well, I mean, Cal- Calgary's got a good hockey club. They've got some great young players down there, a Monaghan, a Goudreau, good defense, and, and they've got the luck of ha- signing two goalies this year that the backup goalie turned out to be the guy that's saving their season. I want Calgary to be good. I really do, because I want games against Calgary to mean something, because I believe the Oilers are good now. So it, it, it's going to be fun on a Saturday night when the Flames and the Oilers play, and it means something. What do you think of Matthew Benning's fight tonight against Chris Weidman? <laughs> Surprising. I mean, uh, I, I know his father, and his father was a very skilled player in the National Hockey League. I don't think fisticuffs was his game. Uh, Matthew Benning is a college kid where there is no fighting. Uh, it was a couple college kids fighting, but it was it was a good fight. Uh, what I liked about it the best was the fact that he came to defend a teammate. He 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 went in there with the sole purpose of looking after Anton Lander. You don't always want to wait for your team tough guys to take care of people. You've got to do it yourself sometimes. You need to be team tough. We've seen it with other young players. I brought up Darnell Nurse. We've seen him do it uh, in, in the past. And here's another young kid who's making a name for himself, doing all the right things. I think it benefits him that his father and his uncle played. He learned the proper ways to play, the proper ways to be a professional. And we're seeing him just emerge as a nice young hockey player for this Oiler team. How important is it, Rob, to have guys on your team, whether it's Benning or, you know, Latestu, you could even put Hendricks in that category, who, I mean, because, look, you need Connor McDavid and, and mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl, but may, maybe doing it the hard way isn't the right word, but they didn't come in as, okay, you're a much ballyhooed pick. They, they've had to learn, uh, adapt, and and kind of learn how to be depth players or maybe even underdogs in their career. Well, and I think they're appreciative of where they're at, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think in the past, maybe the Oilers were a little more too entitled. I think now they've got a lot of players that are appreciative of what they have because they've had to earn what they have. You can throw in a Cassian into that. Even he's Talbot had to earn another agree. chance. Pardon? Even Talbot. Talbot, yeah. I mean, he's had to earn to get to become a number one goalie. So there's a number of uh, Griba on the back end who's been waived, been sent to the minors. So they've got a number of guys that have had to earn their way back in the NHL or earn their spot. You need that on a team. Uh, they've got, and you, you said it before, when we were off talking off air, Peter Shirelli has brought in a bunch of players who care. And you need that in the dressing room from top to bottom. They brought in a bunch of guys who care, and you can see it when they play. They care. Well, they responded tonight after a slow first period. They were down 2-0, took a 3-2 lead. 
were dominating the game, but Ottawa is able to escape with a 5-3 victory. So the Oilers 21-14-7 and on the season. I want to say thanks to our studio producer this weekend, working hard as always, Kellen Kennedy. Our next Oilers broadcast will be the home game against San Jose on Tuesday, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. That launches the Oilers into a six-game homestand. Don't forget Taylor Hall and the Devils are here on Thursday. So it's going to be another fun week ahead for the team. Yeah, no, it's going to be. I, I'm looking forward to Tuesday. It's a battle for first place in January. You know, that 2017 is going to be a good year for the Edmonton Oilers. That is our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. More on the team on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandish Team Broadcast Centre. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you on Inside Sports 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. Senators 5, Oilers 3. Thank you so much for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.